Hello, my name is Ed Talley, and I'll be leading our Sunday School lesson for today. Uh, well, actually today, but for this coming Sunday, the 24th, uh, talking about uh, prayers that move heaven. We've, we've been in a study about prayer, and uh, I want to begin our lesson today with, with prayer, so if you'll bow with me. Thank you, Lord, for this time to study thy word. And we pray that you would reveal things to us that we need to know that would bless our life and that would guide us and lead us and direct us and help us to be uh, uh, your children and follow you and uh, let your will be done in our lives. Thank you for this Bible study. And we ask that you guide us through the power of your spirit uh, guide us through the study and may we learn from it. May we find things to apply to our lives that help us live closer to you. In thy name we pray. Amen. Years ago, uh, when I was pastoring in uh, Ashland, Kentucky, uh, there was a man in our church that... Uh, you know, when, when uh, pastors call on uh, leaders to pray uh, on different occasions. So on one occasion, I called on this certain individual to pray. And he, uh, he said, Pastor, uh, I can't pray uh, today. I'm not on praying ground. Well, uh, I've, I always wondered about that. If there was, uh, what would be the barrier or the wall that would uh, prevent him from uh, feeling like he was on praying ground. Uh, and sometimes we feel like there's a brass canopy between ourselves and heaven, and that, that it feels like our prayers aren't strong enough or have enough energy to, to penetrate that brass canopy that's between, uh, between us and heaven. And then there are some people uh, that, and maybe we've all experienced this, and we've all experienced some things like this. Uh, I, I just don't know why I bother to pray. But it's, we know that it's important to pray. And we all wonder about these things. I wish there was, a, and maybe we all can identify with this, a, a way to go to the grocery and buy you know, how they have the energy drinks. A lot of people are drinking today in this day and time. And uh, we, we wonder if, if it would, how great it would be to be able to, to go and buy some vitamins or an energy drink that would empower our prayer life and give us more power in our prayer life. And uh, we all have, have experienced a, a dead battery in our car. You know, when your battery dies, uh, that car will not budge, will not go. Uh, in my case, when, when I've experienced that, I called AAA. Wouldn't it be nice if we could call AAA to come and uh, have a way to boost the power of our prayer lives? That would be great also. I want us to listen right now. And if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians uh, chapter Three verses 14 through 21 and as a background text for today we're going to have 2 Corinthians 4 16 through 18 so Ephesians 3 14 through 21 
and uh, as our background text, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I want us to listen uh, to, to our text, to the, the scriptures that we have today, uh, how that God can work through Paul's prayer life to break down some bears or slash walls uh, that can decrease the power of prayer in our life. Uh, if anyone had a powerful prayer life, we know that it was the Apostle Paul. So let's read our text for today. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That was our Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 text. Now our background text, as I mentioned, is over in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So there we have our... our our text, uh, main text, and our background text today. Uh, Dr. Bill Hull uh, uh, has said in his book, Beyond Barriers, he says, to a world in search of wall and barrier breakers, Paul provides a splendid corrective to the prevailing passivity in which counts their message about the master seeking to describe the impact of Jesus, of Jesus' entire ministry in a single explosive phrase, Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.14, he has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. I believe that's the reason, uh, as Paul said, for this reason I kneel, uh, and when Paul uses that term kneel, he's talking about a, a Jewish Christians or Jewish people stood to pray and he says I kneel and, and, and expressing a, a reverent to ur, uh, position of urgency and seriousness in prayer. And, uh, and, he, and he uses in, the, in verses 14 to 15, we find uh, uh, how Paul breaks down the barrier of a stifled reconciliation. Uh, at verse 14, it says, For this reason I kneel, uh, a sense of urgency, uh, by that position before the Father. And he uses the, 
the very uh, intimate Aramaic term that a child would use with the, for the father and would, would be an intimate expression of daddy. Actually, I yield bef before uh, the, the intimate term here meaning da daddy from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. Paul celebrated the fact that he was part of the family of God. What blessed Paul's life, what gave him energy in his prayer life and power in his prayer life was celebrating the reconciling power of God through Jesus Christ. I wonder if uh, Paul was in worship, if we were sitting by Paul in a worship service and they begin to sing family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this song, for I'm glad to be part of the family of God. Paul was that, and uh, he knew that it was through the reconciling power of God through Jesus Christ that he had been made part of the family of God. And he, was, he had the, the uh, front row seat to see Jewish Christians coming into the church at Ephesus along with Gentile Christians and how that Christ was reconciling them, bringing them together uh, in spite of their cultural backgrounds that they had to bring also. He, was, uh, he indicates there's a oneness. There's a one, he was working to bring them together into one person and through the reconciling power of Christ. But the barrier of a stifled reconciliation experience, so, so, Today, people seem to have lost the joy uh, of members, being a member of the family of God. And that barrier needs to be broken because we have, Paul says, we are to be reconciled uh, to, through Christ and we will be given the ministry of reconcil reconciliation. We have this ministry in other words, uh, we, we are to be reconciled one to another. Matthew 5, 24 says, first go and be reconciled to your brother. Uh, there are no irreconcilable differences in the family of God. We are to be bridge builders. Uh, that's basically what reconciliation means, building a bridge so that People can walk across and bring them into the presence of God. We have that ministry. And Paul wanted to, wanted to break down the barrier of a stifled reconciliation experience by showing joy and strength and power. And uh, he, he goes on to say there, I pray that out of his glorious riches he, will, he may strengthen you with power. And the word power there is the Greek word dunamis, Dunamis, it means like uh, the, the explosive power of dynamite. Through this power that is spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Paul wanted uh, the people at... Ephesus to experience uh, the joy of being reconciled to a loving and caring God and, uh, and to rejoice over being given the ministry of 
reconciliation. And that's building bridges. You know, in China, they, they have a machine that they're using to build uh, bridges. Uh, it's a monster of a machine. It weighs 580 tons that they use to build their bridges. And Paul is calling on the people at Ephesus and on us to be bridge builders, uh, to be bridge building machines. And that brings joy and power and that will strengthen our prayer life. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, you uh, on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. And Second Corinthians 5.18 says, and give us the ministry and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, there's one barrier, uh, the barrier of a, uh, you know, a, uh, of a stifled reconciliation experience. We should rejoice in the fact that we're part of the family of God. When we break that barrier down, I believe we'll be experiencing more power and, uh, in our lives. And again, back to this, that you might know the surpassing knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, there seem to be some Christian uh, Gnostics in this congregation, as there were in many of Paul's congregation, and they felt like they had uh, uh, special knowledge. Well, uh, Paul is saying that anyone who's reconciled to God has the full knowledge of God in their life. So Paul wanted to break down that barrier. Uh, and another barrier that uh, Paul wanted to break down was the barrier of stunted spiritual growth. Uh, I read verse 19, and to know his love, that's the agape love, uh, divine love. It's love with the, that divine dimension that surpasses knowledge. Uh, and he's again hitting that term knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Christ. And what Paul means there is that your spiritual growth is progressive. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, it can't be stunted, but some people experience that. And, and again, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I'm not a big football fan, but I do like to watch football and and part of the football experience, the game, is to stop the offense from making forward progress. The defense needs to stop the offense. Well, uh, some have let Satan's defense stop their forward progress. Uh, and they're not moving, as Paul said here, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. They're not moving forward in their life. As a matter of fact, they're either, uh, uh, their growth has been stunted in some way. Uh, but Paul prayed uh, for the things that, this, uh, that would break this barrier and provide strength. And we've read about those things here, but also he uses that in our background text. And again, he says, uh, we don't lose heart. Uh, many have, lose, have lost heart in their spiritual growth. They don't, uh, uh, they're at a standstill. Their spiritual growth has been stunted and it's, it's, they're just not moving forward and progressing as Paul said here in our text. But he's, uh, he says, to break that barrier, God provides the strength that is needed. 
And he says, don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. God gives us the renewing power day by day to renew us. Outwardly we are perishing. This outward body is growing older and, and uh, perishing. But inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Uh, that we may move forward uh, in Christ. So we can't lose heart. We can break these uh, barrier, this barrier of, of stunted spiritual growth. Uh, our momentary says here, achieving for us eternal glory. So uh, our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes. I think the struggle that many of us have and, and progressive, being progressive and moving forward in the fullness of Christ and our spiritual growth is uh, that we're distracted. Distractions can really drain off, siphon off uh, power in your prayer life. And we have to uh, get rid of the distractions. I remember growing up uh, in my front yard, uh, out from our front yard, they built a new uh, road and it was an incline that went past in front of our house, uh, the house where I grew up and went down the hill. And uh, one day we were sitting in, uh, sitting in the house and uh, we heard this large crash and we looked outside and there was a vehicle halfway in our yard. Uh, he, this gentleman had come off the hill <clears throat> and in his car was a wasp and he decided to try to swipe at the wasp and took his eyes off the road and lost control and uh, ran right into our front yard, not close to the house, but right to the edge of it. And of course, uh, that was startling to us. But uh, we see what can happen when there's a minor distraction. There are minor distractions, but we have many distractions in our lives today and we must put them aside if we're going to break down this barrier of stunted spiritual growth and uh, fix our eyes. You know, we've got to focus. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is uh, unseen is eternal. When we have troubles, which we all have troubles, minor and major troubles that come into our life. But Paul is saying, take a, you know, don't be distracted by them, but look at them uh, through the, the lens of eternity and uh, the problems will seem lighter that way. So Paul said, we gotta break down that barrier of spiritual, uh, stunted spiritual growth. And then verses 20 through 21, it gives us a, a great doxology. Uh, Paul had other doxologies too, in different prayers. In Romans 16, 25 and following, Hebrews 13, 20 through 21, and Jude 24 and following. Those were all doxologies also. But in, in this verse, Paul addresses the barrier of a stagnant praise, the barrier of stagnant praise. You know, the psalmist says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Uh, and Paul goes on to summarize the way to break this barrier down. In Galatians 1:24, Paul said, and, and they praise God because of me. What a thought. Uh, are people praising God because of you? 
because of the, the, the barriers that you're, you're breaking down, the celebration of reconciliation, uh, the breaking down of barriers to spiritual growth and that you're grow, move, progressively moving forward in your life. And also uh, praise. Uh, are people praising, you, praising God because of you? And, and they praise Paul in Galatians chapter 1 there uh, because at one point he was the enemy of the church. But then at this time, by this time in Galatians, he's now preaching, he pre is preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And Paul said, thus they glorified God because of me. And that's a question as, as we think about it that's important as we seek to break down the barrier of stagnant praise. Uh, in uh, 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone serves, he or she should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Uh, we see that uh, praise is vitally important and uh, God, it says, it says in 1 Peter there, should, we should do it with the strength God provides. We need to ask God to give us the strength to praise him at all times, in the good times and in the bad times, in the high times and the low times. Uh, he will give us the strength to praise so that in all things, no matter what's happening to us or what's going on, uh, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And you know, praise is more than just a compliment. Uh, uh, that uh, gives way to, uh, if, if we see praise as just a compliment to God, paying him compliments, then our praise is gonna be stagnant. Uh, but the Bible says that I believe the Lord is most worthy of praise, Psalm 145. And I praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, I praise his holy name, Psalm 103. And finally, Psalms 119 says, let me live that I might praise you. Frederick uh, Beekner in Beyond Words says, we learn to praise God not by paying compliments, uh, but by paying attention. Watch how the trees exult when the wind is in them. Listen to the, the sound of the rain. Learn how to say hallelujah from the ones who say it right. And... Uh, I don't know about you, but when I get a chance to go to the beach, uh, what blesses me as part of that experience is to stand on the shore and just gaze out over that, uh, over the ocean and that large, uh, almost infinite body of water. Uh, you know, uh, brings me into praise of God. And I heard a little story about a, a young, uh, a child, a little girl, who after the children's sermon in church on the Sunday morning, uh, the, after the children was dismissed, she was on her way back to sit with her parents. Well, she was making her way uh, in that direction, but stopped short right in the center of the aisle, several pews from her parents. And her parents saw this, and she stood still and stopped and stood and gazed at a stained glass window, just standing there gazing. Well, the parents, of course, were uh, getting anxious because they didn't know what was gonna happen next, 
But she stood there, it seemed like for, for such a long time, but it was just a few minutes, and then uh, seemed to uh, turn her attention back to getting back to her parents. But that's, uh, you know, that's a lesson in the allness. This little, little one was in awe of what she saw. And we should uh, reclaim our uh, transcendence and allness of God and, and we do that through praise, through the idea of praise. So we can, Paul said, you break down the barrier of stagnant praise life, uh, it can be done. And he, he gives us a wonderful uh, doxology that, that we read there uh, earlier. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, there's that word power again, the, dynamite power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We need to break down the barrier of stifled reconciliation. Uh, celebrate being part of the family of God. And in this coming week, I want to challenge you to break down some barriers or slash walls uh, to power in your prayer life. I, I want to challenge you to do that by breaking down the barrier of stifled reconciliation, celebrating uh, being part of the family of God, being reconciled to one another and having the ministry of reconciliation. Perhaps there's a, a friend that you need to be reconciled to or even a family member. Sometimes families have conflict and our hearts are made to bleed for a thoughtless word or deed and we need to be reconciled to one another Maybe there's a family member that uh, you have uh, hurt feelings toward or ha have said something that would uh, has damaged that uh, relationship. We need to be reconciled. Or a church family member. that uh, Things happen in churches where people have grudges and they have ill feelings and uh, many of the, they're struggling with many of those feelings. But, uh, and, and that... Uh, you know, stifles their celebration of reconciliation, but we can do that by being reconciled one another and in building bridges of reconciliation uh, and bringing people into the presence of God. We can break down the barrier of stunted spiritual growth in our life. Uh, just ask God for a renewed uh, spiritual growth in our life uh, as we've found out that outwardly wasting away, but inwardly the power of God is working and our troubles are just uh, uh, momentary uh, as we focus on the eternal. So we also need to break down the barrier of stunted spiritual growth and break down the barrier of, of uh, stagnant praise. Edgar Guest said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. We like to listen to a lot of sermons, but we also need to be that sermon uh, where people can see and praise God and, uh, and get, there, get where Paul was. People were praising God because of me. That's what I desire and that's what we should all desire. As we, sometimes our praise uh, is stagnant and we need, it needs to, there needs to be an outflow and an inflow of joy and praise in our life. And praise cannot just be a passing compliment. Uh, 
I, praise comes by observing people, by observing nature, creation, and, and uh, to sense what a glorious God we serve. And before we close, I'm going to have prayer, but I challenge you to do these things. That's what I want you to do. I want you to break down these barriers of stifled reconciliation, stunted spiritual growth, and uh, stagnant praise. There are other barriers, of course. These aren't exclusive, uh, but there are other barriers. But we need to be, at all times, breaking down barriers to anything that would steal power from our prayer life. And I want you to remember Isaiah here. And also remember uh, when, when, prayer, when praying a prayer of praise, it stays in heaven forever. And Isaiah 45 says, I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bar, bars. You can break these barriers and I encourage you to do so and just infuse your prayer life with more power. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you're a barrier breaker. And uh, as Carl Sandburg said, lay me on an altar, uh, an anvil, and beat me into in a crowbar so that, that I might pray pry away the walls and the barriers in people's lives. Use us that way, Lord, uh, whether we need to do that inwardly or help others in breaking barriers uh, in their life to their prayer lives. Thank you for this lesson. Uh, may we uh, take it to heart and apply it to our life in this coming week of life. In thy name we pray, amen. Thank you.